The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S.com. Corey, how do you like your nipples? Toasty. You like your nipples draped in luxury? All the time. All the time? Well, if you love luxurious feeling nipples, I suggest you go and support some of the people who sponsor our show. Huh? 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 I don't see how I could not. <laughs> go ahead and take you and your nipples, and you're going to go over to our first one, which is uh, he does all our art. He's a really good friend of ours, uh, Brad Gunnarsson, Statusphere Merch, statusphere.merch.com. Use the coupon code TERROR. Get, you, get yourself 15% off of your order there. And furthermore, you can take take the same set of nipples, head over to thehate.com, T-H-E-H-V-I-I-I.com, three eyes. Use HBG15, get you 15% off there, treat yourself and your nipples. I only wish I had more than three nipples to use. Welcome to episode 75 of the Podcast Terror production of the Galactic Network. This is a podcast about all things scary. I'm your host, Matt Stein. With me, as always, is Corey. Corey, wet, slappy cough, Scott. I mean, wet, slappy is is basically, that's my pet name. What? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It's been a while. I've missed you. I'm... I've missed you, too. I'm sorry things went a little off the rails there. I had oh, uh, family stuff and illness stuff that popped up. All at once. Yeah, and then and then this weekend I had rabbit stuff, and now I have beer stuff, and I'm half drunk stuff. Well, that's that's a perfect time to podcast, sir. <laughs> it's, yeah, we're also doing this in the middle of the Super Bowl for those of you American enough to watch it and those of you un-American enough to not watch it to watch us. Or you'll listen to this on Tuesday like the rest of the world. The rest of the world all at once on Tuesday every week. Yep. Just like, oh, podcast of terror moment. Say the Pledge of Galactic Network and download away. The Pledge of Terror Allegiance. For more on this podcast, including show notes, content, information, subscription links, you can go to gncast.com. Uh, you can chat with us on our site channel during our shows at gncast.com. Sign up. And while you're there, you can subscribe to our newsletter as well. Podcast of Terror is spoiler heavy, so if you haven't seen Dead Hooker in a Trunk, you should go watch that before we ruin it. I swear a lot. We had a weird I discussion assist. about trigger warnings and if <sighs> if you're listening to a podcast about horror movies, odds are you're comfortable enough yes. that you're going to understand some of the themes of this may be uh, extreme. Uh, we try to make light of a lot of stuff that maybe isn't stuff that normally would be taken light. We're not doing it to be outwardly rude we are maybe trying to be a little offensive in a comedic way just understand we're all here for a good time we don't want to ruin your day we don't want you to ruin ours uh let's just try to enjoy this together agreed that's all i got that's the most that is the nicest way i can put that topic by letting me do it yeah by letting Corey handle it i thought i had to burp i don't have to burp all right let's go ahead and get into the news oh it's coming Nope, went away again. God damn. Uh, this news might be a little old because we had it from a couple weeks ago, but fuck it. I'll do it live. Um, the original Robert Stack episodes of Unsolved Mysteries have <laughs> has just hit Amazon streaming as of January 21st. That's but that's still, that's ago. reasonably new. So. And yeah. you probably haven't made an old series yet. No, if you even knew that they were they were there maybe you've been they, the the people come here week after week waiting for us to tell them that unsolved mysteries is up on amazon yeah now you brought this story in and i yeah. i remember the show when i was a kid although oh, so i seem to remember more the scenes of robert stack doing the the Cocaine? riff off of this no the, doing the oh. riff off of the show in basketball fuck yes uh, which is an amazing movie oh it's god that movie. is just so good um, but I, were you a fan of the series? I did. I really did enjoy this. I mean, it, it, it seems like it, it would be part of what influences you to do things like Weird World Weekly, which is one of my favorite shows oh, in general. I thought, anyways, I thought you were going to say masturbate in public. 
Um, I figured that's what you do while you're recording Weird World Weekly. I thought that's why it's the shortest show on the network. I stand out in the street and I'm like, here we are, Dave. As I ear jerk my man meat. Yeah, it's, it's, well... I mean that itself is uh is amazing. But it's it's a good show. It it's definitely solid programming. It's it's kind of like stuff that you would see on TLC or the Discovery Channel now. Yeah. Uh but it's it's a precursor to all of it. And it's it's good TV. I mean, Stack has got that great deadpan delivery. Yes. Uh he's straight up like Leslie Nielsen in airplane. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen in most movies. Yeah, exactly. Not that I'm but complaining. No, it's 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 worthwhile TV. And if you're a Prime member, yeah, just 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 put it on. Just enjoy. Even if you're not, get Prime. Watch this. It's such a good show. Like I I downloaded a few um, before it hit Amazon, and uh, we watched it in standard definition via eight, 1989 standard definition. And I just remember thinking to myself, how do how did people function with shitty TV like this? It was all we had. It was oh, all we so knew. Well, and that back then it was like well, this is such a crystal clear picture. Now it's like you could make oh, out, man, the, you could the make the out the pubes. The rabbit ears on the box, and you're just sitting there and you're kind of twisting them around trying mm-hmm. to get the best signal you can. Mm-hmm. Like before before cable became like the really mainstream thing, like every room had cable. It was you had the cable box in one, maybe two rooms of the house, but in your bedroom on your old black and white 13 inch, you were just, let's see if I can get something. If I, if I put the, the antenna up against the actual metal of my window, then it might amplify. <laughs> just make a tinfoil <laughs> extender. And I can, I can see more than four seconds of time of the animation on Voltron. Uh, yeah, it's, those were the days. Corey, I can see your erection. I, most people can from space. <laughs> I mean, the, the wide berth around me as people back away. <laughs> oh, man. Corey's 18-inch telescoping penis. I mean, it, it's it's not just a telescope. It's it's also a laser. It's a telephone pole for your neighborhood. <laughs> it's a telephone pole with an attached laser. This is why we can't get good broadband. I know, right? Corey's <laughs> Every time people in America complain about the internet speeds, the government should just be like, talk to Corey. It's Corey Scott and his giant dong. It's the the dick infrastructure. <laughs> the dick infrastructure. That's a, better in my head. That's a fun word in and of itself. <laughs> wow, we really have been out of this for a while. Yeah. Yeah, we have. Yeah, well, whatever. See how many times we can say dick before we hit 10 minutes. Um... So yeah, watch watch Unsolved Mysteries. Um, Fox orders Ghosted, which is a comedy pilot starring Craig Robinson and Adam Scott. Um, I think they're both; those are both really funny guys. Um, yeah, I've been avoiding football today by watching reruns of Park and Rec. Avoiding football, like you watch it? No, like exactly. Just- Exactly. I'm. I'm just. Well, look, Parks and Rec is on, and there's absolutely nothing that would compete with that in my world. Uh, so I'm. I'm an Adam Scott fan. Uh, also, yes. Uh, Party Down was mm-hmm. a really good show of his. Uh, he, he's great and everything. Usually, he plays the asshole in movies so much that it's weird to see him be a nice guy. I don't know where he's going to land on this, but uh, Craig Robinson also excellent. Uh, they basically led. NBC for several years on the shows that they were on between The Office and Parks and Rec, and uh, they're two great comedic voices to get put together on something. Probably two of the funnier people from both those shows, actually. Yeah, yeah. But this is a it's a single camera comedy uh, from Tom Gormican uh, with The Office alum and Parks and Recreation alum set to star and executive produce. So it's not just they're in the show, they're they're part of what makes the show. Um, and it centers on a cynical skeptic, which is Craig Robinson's character, and a genius true believer in the paranormal, uh, Adam Scott, who are recruited by the Bureau Underground to look into the rampant unexplained activity in Los Angeles, all while uncovering a larger mystery that could threaten the existence of the human race. It just seems tits to me. It seems it too good really for fun. Fox. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, we we probably said the same thing about The Exorcist, and The Exorcist no. ended up being pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's not that Fox is incapable of making good shows. It's how well they promote those shows to keep them on the air. Yes. That's always the the question with their stuff. Um, but I, I I really want this one to be good. The fact that it's a comedy, Fox's comedies. It seems like the bad ones go away, but the good ones stick around. So uh, if you're into things like um, what is the what is the uh, oh god, I can't think of the cop one. Cops? That has love. Cops. No, no. Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> the, the, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, that that's done pretty well. Do, uh, New Girl has has done very well. Uh, some of the other ones at least had a few seasons before they either canceled it out or like the Mindy Project went over to Hulu. Oh, I didn't I, know I'd that the Mindy Project the left TV for Hulu. Yeah, it, it was on, had a few seasons, and then uh, Fox, I think, was going to cancel it, and Hulu picked it up as part of their original programming. Fair enough. I'm not surprised. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was solid comedy. It was just, was it getting the numbers that Fox expected it to? No, we're right. going to instead do a TV show based off of Lethal Weapon, which is weird. Although, <sighs> Super weird. I, I gotta say, I don't hate it. <laughs> I, I watched the first episode. I'm like, I can't believe I watched this. And then a friend at work was telling me about it. And she had me go back in and I've watched a couple episodes here and there. And it's it's reasonable. I know Jack. I, th- I believe Jack likes it quite a bit. But uh, there's our shout out to <laughs> 90s percentile. We didn't quite land in the first five minutes like we did on theirs. But fuck it. Whatever. Fuck it. We're stealing all of your guests. I am also Jack. I have, I have sent emails to every one of the guests that have ever been on Worst Episode Ever or 90s Percentile, and we're fucking taking them all. They pick quality people. Yeah. Depends. Maybe we just assume that they're very forgiving because they're on a podcast with Jack and Dan, so they should be able to deal with our bullshit. What? What? Uh, a hairy Italian and Dan? <laughs> 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 I couldn't think of anything like moderately mean I to love say that to Dan. Dan got no descriptor at all. <laughs> Just like uh, pumpkin pie haircutted freak and a hairy Italian. Is that better? Okay. You like that one better? I, I can't tell which one makes my erection harder. Um, well, but yeah. It depends so, if you salt your sausage or not. Oh. Boop, boom. Bringing Jack's dad into this. Hey uh, there, Jackie boy. Uh <laughs> Yeah, Adam Scott, Craig Robinson, Paranormal Comedy, Fox. Check it out. Ah, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Lost my document. I gotta reopen it. (sighs) You want me to lead here? Because this one's just this one's pretty basic. Sure. Uh, Funko, uh, who does all the little uh, pop toys and everything, uh, unveiled uh, Twin Peaks vinyl toys and action figures are coming from them. Would have been funnier if Brazers did them. What? The pornography company. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Is it Brazers or is it Brazzers? I don't know. It's I've seen commercials for them on late night TV. It's it's usually a little weird. Anytime I see their name, I dick in hand and going to going to Pound Town. So what do I care about? Yeah, but you do the same thing with Petco commercials. (laughs) Um, That's where the pets go. uh, So. Funko is uh, doing to coincide with the 18 episode revival of the 90 series Twin Peaks, such a premiere on May 21st on Showtime. Uh, the, they're going to do figures of all the popular characters. Their pop figure line is going to include characters such as the Log Lady and Dale Cooper, uh, Audrey Horn. I assume that this will be an excuse to uh, look up her dress. Uh, Leland Palmer. <laughs> With the cool white hair, and then they're going to do actual more action file, action style, action figure style the figures um, of of the same characters. Like th- it's kind of hard to pick who would be a bad figure out of Twin Peaks. I guess James. Nobody really likes James. Ah, poor James. You really got screwed in that second season. But <laughs> I, mean, I, I haven't even gotten past like episode number four. Oh shit! <laughs> oh god! You sorry. need to. You need to you need to move forward on that. Uh, Twin Peaks on it. 
really good first season. Second season kind of does fall apart a little bit, but it comes together amazingly in the the last episode of the series. And then uh, then you get the movie. The movie's weird, but I think that there's a lot uh, in the years since to kind of love about the movie just because of the added weirdness of the show. I just don't know how many people at that point had stuck through the show long enough to be able to come in and see the movie, which was a prequel, and and have any kind of clue what was going on with it. But one of, I mean, to this day, one of my biggest influences in in sort of horror, drama, weirdness, it is the definitive David Lynch stuff to me, even though Mark Frost wrote a, a good deal of it. But man, I am dying for this... Uh, this new series to start. When does it come out? Uh, May. May. Okay. I knew it was soonish. Yeah. Uh, Tom Merritt and uh, Ron from All About Android are doing a podcast of the the episodes from the original series leading up to the start of the new series called Damn Fine Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's quite good. It's quite enjoyable to listen to. Some of their guests are really good. Um, and just in general, I mean, you can't get, uh, much better than, than Ron and Tom when it comes to podcasting. I know I say this on my show and make myself feel really bad about who I am and where I've been as a person. Uh, by the way, we might have, uh, Tom Merritt on Else Nerds this week. Should I steal him from Else Nerds? (laughs) No, you gotta wait until he shows up on Jack and Dan's. Ah, damn it. Jack, Dan, get Tom Merritt on your show so I can steal him, please. You really should. He's fucking brilliant. Uh, but yeah, so, like I said, Funko. Cool figures. Uh, it, it, it's kind of a question of whether you want a Killer Bob figure in your life. Okay. Like, if you need that hanging around your room, staring at you while Matt masturbates in your <clears throat> two times underwear drawer while you're not home. But Better be a pretty big underwear drawer <laughs> like not a big drawer just one big pair of underwear in it oh yeah like an adult diaper i, I was gonna say like a tent a tent yes something with flaps and stakes <laughs> okay uh, let's move on Focus Home Interactive venturing into the world of darkness with Werewolf the Apocalypse. A video game sounds weird. I didn't. I didn't read this one. I kind of feel like I should have. But all right. Um. So when I first moved to California, actually before I moved to California, I had been introduced to the uh, World of Darkness role playing game series. Uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse was their first game. Then they did uh, Vampire. They did Mage the one with the ghosts i I can't remember exactly wraith wraith the oblivion Mm. and uh finally changeling and the world of darkness stuff when i moved out here there was a live action vampire game which is where i met most of the friends that i hang out with to this day uh kind of a big deal the werewolf game they're doing an actual online game for now, there's been a few of the vampire ones that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing a werewolf one before, but it's possible that this is kind of a a throwback to that. But it's still, like, when it comes to role-playing, storytelling stuff, it kind of seems like this is one of the premier ones out there. It, they got acquired. Their original uh, company, White Wolf, got acquired by... I want to say it was by the people who do the D20 system or maybe it was by the, the people who did uh, magic, the gathering. I can't remember. A lot of those companies started getting acquired by each other a few years ago, quite a few years ago now. Uh, but still, it seems like it's ripe for getting put into an open world style game, uh, especially an online open world style game. So I'm hoping this manages to land because there's a lot there, and there's there's still a huge audience for this, uh, even though it seems like it was definitely a product of the 90s. I never saw... Now, I had a very 
short stint into like paper <clears throat> role playing games, but um, I remember the vampire ones, but I never saw Werewolf the Apocalypse. Yeah, so the the storylines. I mean, Vampire was very classic. Vampire had a bunch of different factions. They even had a TV series called uh, Kindred the Embraced for uh, about a season on Fox, and um, and it was all very political. The the different houses of the vampires. There were the Venture, who were like the businessmen. There were the the Tremere, which were the magic-using ones. There were the ones that were Nosferatu that looked like Nosferatu, so they were non-human-looking, uh, more grotesque. They they kind of combined all the different kinds of vampires that you'd seen in, in fictional history into one game and explained why there were different types. Uh, Werewolf was a little bit more in relation to nature. They, they dealt with uh, Gaia. They protected the Earth, but some of them were um were corrupted by the darkness and so they became more ingrained in cities a lot of them were very rural uh very much protecting the planet from the the big business or um kind of like well you know the epa stuff and things that we are trying to deal with again right now uh (laughs) werewolf would be great for exploring those kinds of storylines but they, they combined well with Vampire. It got a little bit weirder when you got into Mage, which is about wizards in modern day, mm-hmm. and then uh, Wraith, which was ghosts, and Changelings, which, I mean, seems like they would fit with the other ones to a certain degree, but Changelings almost, it was like you were playing like you knew you were in a role-playing game. Um, it, it, it was because you there are all these guys that are running around that are sort of playing pretend like they, they see the world and the, the fake world is their real world and other people can't see it. And in a uh, vampire, there's something called the masquerade where it's like, you're not supposed to let humans know what's going on in, in the, in the dark, in the vampire world, but changing. That's what the entire thing was. How they work together is tough. You don't see a lot of things where they mix. Um, it's usually very special things where that happens, but just for like how broad the storylines were in the vampire novels or in the werewolf novels uh, that White Wolf put out. So deep and so much stuff to explore. And of course, you know, we're, we're 20 years down the line from that where, I mean, seeing it updated for today would be pretty cool. Yeah, I, yeah you know way more about this than I do. <laughs> I am sort of a nerd. No, dude, don't even worry about it. No, I'm not worried about That's it. I like you. <laughs> it's brought me to where I am today. You got a pretty mouth. And that's now making me feel a lot of questions about the decisions that I've made to get here. You can leave Aaron and move in with me. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know if I'd have to leave Aaron. You bring her with. That's cool. I mean, she's from Wisconsin. It would almost be like a homecoming all over my face. Oh my god, it's such an awkward boner right now. Um, I'm stalling. Stalling. Stalling, stalling to get to... Where the fuck did the thing go? A little voicemail we got. A little voicemail ditty we got from a fan. Which I'm going to play right now. Because it's sweet as fuck. here just listen to your podcast of terror autopsy of Jane Doe I was thinking maybe you can do the Dustin Diamond porn just have it a one off call it the porn cast of terror since it obviously be terrible having to watch that of the Dustin Diamond porn career keep up the great work you keep us truck drivers Awake at night. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Um, that was a... I was really fucking hilarious. I sent it to Melissa pretty much instantly. Um, we talked about doing the porn cast of Terror. <laughs> um, I just don't want to ever have to watch the Dustin Diamond pornography again. Yeah, I've, I've watched it once. I think I skipped through it. I've seen enough of it to know that he... I've seen his dick. 
I mean, uh, you miss a lot of the plot by skipping through it like that. But <laughs> I missed his pizza delivery scene. Um, all the real good stuff. I missed all of that. Um, but it's super flattering to know that there's a truck driver that drives around and listens to us. That's really fucking cool. So thank you for that, first of all. I, I just have to question, when he says we keep truck drivers up at night, does he mean that because they're happy to be listening to us or uh, because they're afraid of what we're going to do uh, sneaking up off them on the road? I don't fucking know. I don't know. No, it was a really nice voicemail. It was extremely kind to hear that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so let's go ahead and get into the movie Dead Hooker in a Trunk. This is this is your doing. Well, I'll let you kind of ramp up to this. Okay, so back in the day, early in the podcast of terror, my 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 buddy here, Matt, started with a rating system that was Dead Hookers. How many Dead Hookers? <laughs> He he found the movie to be for enjoyability. And I found that there was a movie called Dead Hooker in a Trunk, and I've been saying ever since, like, this is a sign from God, we have to watch this movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. And it turned out, I had no idea at the time, that this was the first film done by Jen and Sylvia Soska, the Soska sisters, uh, in uh, Twisted Twin Productions. They did it when they went to film school. It was actually their film school final project uh, because they had tried to become actors in movies and they weren't very happy with the parts that they were getting because uh, it was all based around being twins, but they were like crappy twin roles. And so they decided that they wanted to make their own films instead. They did this for about $2,500 and... I can, it feels I can like tell. It. Yeah, it absolutely feels like a student film. But keep in mind, like straight out of film school is when Kevin Smith did Clerks, you know, and but, spent but, 10 times as much on it. Yeah. Oh, because even Clerks felt less cheap than this. Clerks, I think he charged up $27,000 or something on all his credit cards and sold his comic collection to make. And work with, you know, Scott Moser as a producer and like had a lot more that you could pull in from it. But I gotta say, I, I did not hate this. I at first I did. And then oh, as yeah. it went on, it got a little better. Yeah, so so let's get into it. Mm-hmm. So the characters in this, first of all, are named the the geek. And the badass, which are the are, are Jen and Sylvia, which I thought was uh, really dumb, right? But, but and their their uh, badass's best friend is the junkie, uh, played by Ricky Gagne, and then the geek's friend is Goody Two Shoes, uh, played by C.J. Wallace, who's kind of the dude that she sort of likes, uh, but they've not like consummated anything in their relationship they go to pick him up from his church group and uh the the badass and the junkie had been out at a party the night before with a really shitty band oh yeah a really shitty band uh which the junkie i guess was part of but that that's my first start is um (sighs) is there ever a good band that has two lead singers singing in unison like the same lines trying to do the same actual melodic lines and everything because it sounds like shit so i wasn't sure if they were if they were like fighting like she was in the crowd and and they were they were fighting to see who would be the lead singer it didn't make any sense yeah i i was like when you see it it just they're both up there singing together and it's like why is this happening if, if if she's not supposed to be there, he wasn't doing enough to fight her off at first, but then she does get pissed off and leaves the stage. Yeah, but even worse is the singing starts before you ever see that it's really a band playing. Yeah. So it's just kind of weird and confusing. This is the intro music to the, the movie, yes. essentially. Yeah. But, I mean, what else were they going to work with as far as music? They, they kind of had to supply their own shit. 
No, that's true. I, you know, I'm not like I don't want to be a dick about it. <laughs> but like there was some shit that just sucked. Uh or felt like it was what we have on hand or what we can afford to do and this is what we're using. Yes. This is the only time I'll ever apologize because um for given what the budget was, it really was a pretty decent movie. Yeah, um so they they are going to score some drugs once they pick up their I thought it was their, funny uh, they never specified what drug it was. No, not at all. Uh it's just just the general drug. Just drug. We'll get a just drug. Drug. Yeah. The, that should just be the the name of it in the movie is like what kind of drugs are you getting? Drug. Drug. You know. Yep. Capital D trademark. Just um <laughs> So they pick up Goody Two Shoes from his church group. There's some weird sort of flirting thing between the badass and the priest, which I thought was yeah, like okay. And then as they're going along, they wind up realizing that there is a dead body in the trunk of their car. That's a hooker, by the way. If you're not following it, 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 along, yeah, it's. It's a hooker, and we we actually see the hooker get killed over the opening credits. We see the get violence killed. happen. Yeah, but they, the uh, of course the argument becomes, what do we do about this? The the geek wants to call the cops, and and get everything straight and turn themselves in for like because she doesn't think they've done anything wrong. But the badass and Chuck are like, we're not sure that we didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to... Kill everybody? We're gonna, yeah, we're going to go bury the body in the woods somewhere. Uh, and take a long fucking wait about doing it. And kill everybody along the way. And kill a lot of people. Which I thought was really every- strange, but... Neither here nor there. So... Weird, this goes back to about the same time. Shortly after I moved to California, 90s, uh, there was a movie that I saw with some friends called The Doom Generation, which I think was the first movie that had Rose McGowan in it. Very similar feel between that and this. And Doom Generation, I think, has gotten become sort of a cult film over the years, um, mostly because Rose McGowan was in it and was naked most of the time. But like it's it's a weird, bizarre road trip kind of thing. Like a girl and her boyfriend are hanging out and they they're traveling and they meet up with this other guy and the other guy winds up like seducing both of them at one point or another in the film and they wind up getting in fights with people and killing people and stuff. Uh in the end, uh one of the guys gets his dick cut off and just in general, it's just bizarre. It's just a weird movie, but it seemed like that was the aesthetic of independent films around that time. It was just a little creepy. Uh, this was sort of like that to me. Like, every time that you think, okay, well, this is the direction this is going to go in, something weird would happen. Like, just things that would just sort of, oh my god, I can't believe they're going there with this. So the first thing to do is they go and they try to get a hotel room for the night. And they don't want to pay for the room, so they offer up the dead body of the hooker to the guy running the hotel to have sex with and just say, oh, no, no, she's just asleep. So just go have at it, have sex with her in the back of the car. I thought that was a little weird, but... <laughs> that was really weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they do that, and I, I don't know if it was part of the plan was... What the geek wants to do is she she calls the cops to try to set up the the guy who's running the hotel as being the one who murdered the girl. But when the cops show up, instead what happens is the the badass brings him into her room because they're like, Oh yeah, we we know that you're you're a shit starter and everything and you're in trouble and they're they're harassing her and she's like, Okay, well what if I have sex with you both? like oh yeah great sure we're we're totally fine with that and then she knocks them out strips them naked cuffs them and takes pictures of them sort of like they're having sex with each other and uses it to blackmail them so that she can get away 
there was a lot of um a lot of weird sexual stuff um i think the soska sisters are attractive do not get me wrong but i think it's weird for you to write and direct your own movie in which you put yourself into a situation where you are half naked dancing in front of police officers and being like this super hot being do you get what i'm saying well i, I thought it was I mean, really weird and i and the and the, first, the only thought i had at that time was wow she thinks she's way hotter than she is uh well she probably at least thinks that she's hot enough to and, but like i said i don't think she's not attractive i think they are both attractive girls but i just thought it was really weird it's 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 kind of weird because I I wonder what the scenes were that they were having problems with in doing other films as actresses, right? That people wanted them to do because this seems, in in many ways, very stereotypical. Uh, it mm-hmm. seems like this wasn't a lot of originality in this, but what they did is they would always go towards the weirder answer for anything that they did. It's like, oh, well, we've done this, and like. We could go in this direction, which is very basic, or we can go in this direction, which is not as basic, or we can go to this direction, which is just an extreme left. And they always went extreme left, which is what I liked about it and why I kept cracking up throughout most of the movie. But was that scene something like you would expect in any other normal horror movie with with a female lead? Yes. You know, with that kind of character. And that's that's exactly right. Is it it doesn't feel out of place? No, no, it no, just, no. At no point did I think it was out of place. It was just that I thought it was weird that you would write yourself into that role, like that position. Yeah, and and maybe it was something that they they wrote for the actors who played the junkie. Maybe it was something they just wrote in general because this is what they expected that people wanted from these types of movies. And then they felt like, well, you know, there's no reason for us not to do it. I mean, I wouldn't you know, say no if why would it make someone else to do this instead of myself? Yeah, I wouldn't say no if either of them wanted to strip down and dance for me. I'm just saying. Yeah. It, it's a question of whether or not... If you have a problem with those types of scenes, and I'm not saying that you do. No, I, but I'm I saying definitely if, don't. If someone has a problem with those types of scenes, then they're probably not a huge fan of the genre. No. And not just horror films in general, I mean this particular type of horror film, which is more of a grindhouse type of aspect, which is, you know, a little bit more gore-focused uh, and not, house. like, super clean-cut horror, not super well-produced horror. Um, and it's an exploitation horror film. And so if you're a fan of that kind of thing, then you you just go for it. And I, I think it's yeah. obvious that that's that they're fans, and so why well, and would they feel like they were doing anything out of place by putting in a movie with themselves in it? Right, and I think that's part of what makes this movie actually really good is the fact that you can tell that they're fans of the genre, and they made a they made a movie based on their fandom, yeah. not not two people who are trying to create a horror movie to make a bunch of money and cash in on the fans of the horror genre. At the very least, you look at it and you say, well, they're in film school. Mm-hmm. They they have to make a movie for the project. And they're going with what they know. Yes, They're going with, with what they enjoy, what the, the businesses they're trying to get into. And so, if, if nothing else, it's like other films that exist in that genre. Um, and I think that that's how they, they show that they did a good job. You know, it, it, yeah, there's something to say, okay, well, I'm going to make a horror movie, but I'm going to be subversive about it, and I'm going to reinvent certain tropes and, and surprise people, um, or M. Night Shyamalan ding-dong the <laughs> shit out of it. And, and that, that's all okay, too. But, but there's nothing wrong with saying, I'm making an exploitative horror movie, and I'm just going to make a good example of an exploitative horror movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, all in all, the movie goes on. Yeah, yeah. I'll carry on, carry on. Yeah. So, um, a lot of 
lot of things happen almost randomly. Uh, they they do go to meet up the the junkie meets up with her boyfriend slash supplier for the drugs, and while there, a a bunch of other drug people come in and basically beat on her, kill her boyfriend. Uh, while outside, the badass hears what's going on, goes in there and winds up killing all of these other people. They somebody had a chainsaw and almost slices the junkie's arm off. It was intense. And they get out of there. At the same time that that's going on, outside, the geek and the goody two-shoes guy are sitting in the car. The goody two-shoes actually in the car. The geek gets hit on the side of the face by some cloaked figure uh, who we will find is the actual killer later on. Knocks her eye out. Just at random. Just I thought that was bam. strange. Yeah. Didn't seem to make sense other than to tell the two apart, but it gave them the ability to fake the guy out at the end. That's about it. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just, again, it's a little bit of grotesque involvement in the in the movie. It's like, we want to do a scene where somebody gets their eye knocked out. Mm. Why? Because it, it seems like it would work. You know, and then we have one of our actresses, one of the twins walking around with black electrical tape and an X over eye and how cool does that look? It looks straight up like one of the characters from Machete or something. Uh, <laughs> they they are definitely influenced by Robert Rodriguez uh, and by a lot of other uh, of those types of, of filmmakers. Yeah. So yeah. It, it seems like yeah, we're, we want to get this aesthetic in here. Let's just do that. Um, And then <laughs> and then they go driving off and the junkie is arguing with them outside of the car in the middle of the street, and a truck drives by and just knocks her arm clean off. I thought that was fucking hilarious. That was hilarious. <laughs> what was more hilarious to me was that they have the, the goody tissues guy sew her arm back on, and her arm yeah. magically essentially starts working again. Yeah. Like, here's a tackle box out of the back of the car, you know, where the dead hooker is. <laughs> and uh, and use this fishing line to sew her arm back on because we can't go to the hospital yet for her arm or for my sister's missing eye. Well, it just used all the uh, ligament glue from the trunk. Right. That's all you got to do. Maybe they use stem cells from the... Almost <laughs> the recently aborted <laughs> hookers. Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, the The movie takes some some pretty big steps here. They do eventually get to the woods. They go to bury the hooker, and in the midst of doing it, the hooker sits straight up alive. So you think, great, what a what a magic moment! Now we're going to get some answers. To what's no. Uh, the, as soon as she sits up, the badass whaps her in the head with a shovel and pretty much puts her down again. Yep. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Like, it took me a second to figure out what just happened. Yeah, exactly. No reason for that to be a scene. It 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 basically, it comes and goes immediately. So now it's not even that they've been driving around with a dead hooker this whole time. It's, we just killed a hooker. Yes. Yeah. Well, among all the other people they, she also killed. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, it seems like everybody that she killed were people who deserved to get killed, though. I mean, it wasn't kinda. like it was wanton destruction going on for the. I mean, there were there were things like I thought at first that she killed the cops until I saw yeah. her taking their picture and and basically implying that she was blackmailing them. Yeah, but the the drug dealer guys and everything and the the people at the end who work for the actual killer. Anybody else that she murdered, except for when we get to the one guy that we assume is the killer, that she and her sister both double team up on and torture to death. Uh, that's the one sort of innocent death by their hands. Now, another thing to know about the, the sisters is we see a flashback to them as kids where their father murders their mom. Uh, in their kitchen, mm -hmm. and one of them comes out and sees it, and shoots the father dead. 
uh, and that's the history of them. I kept waiting to see if it was going to turn out that it wasn't the badass that killed the dad, but that it was the geek that did it. Uh, but we we eventually found out that no, it was it was the badass that did it. I thought maybe that was going to be part of the mystery, is that at the end there's the the twist turn because I, I'm again expecting shemlaming. Shemlaming, ding dong. Uh, but no, it, it's a little straightforward in that one part. Is is the the one twist that doesn't actually happen. the The final twist of the movie, because uh, here's where we spoil it for you, is we we do find out that the killer happens to be not the, Lemmy Kilmeister. No, not Lemmy at all, and and not the cowboy pimp who was enjoyable to see in this film as well. That's true. But it was the youth group pastor <coughs> who. We saw it at the beginning. Fucking, a fucking joke. And why? Why did this guy kill a hooker? Well, because it was a civic duty. Or, actually, because he has a forked penis. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, I'm choking a little bit. I burped. Thank you for the cover-up. So it turns out that the youth pastor had a botched circumcision as a kid. Um, one more reason why the Christians hate the Jews. And uh, wow. throughout his entire life, he's had women make fun of him because his his penis is forked. And they keep saying, you know, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm not touching that. So apparently, <clears throat> while attempting to have sex with this woman of the night, she sees it and she says, there's no fucking way of touching that. And then we get the extended beatdown between him and the hooker. And he's not jerking off. He's getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, he's a different uh, kind of beatdown. Yeah. And that's why he's upset. <laughs> not really sure how he decided to be a priest. And, and and then still, like, has all these bad attempts at having sex with women. Also not sure how many women he's killed like this. That's true. They never t- they don't talk about his murderous backstory. Nope. Or why he put the woman in their trunk. I, I oh, yeah. I never really thought about that. How did the hooker get to the trunk? I assume he must have done it when they were picking up the goody two-shoe guys from the church group. But how did he get into the trunk? She had the keys. Not sure. I so many holes. There are so many holes in this movie. Well, I mean, it it does start a hooker. That's true. There's more than three holes in this movie, though. Yeah. So he also has a group of of people who work for him uh, because he's the drug dealer. Like he's the head drug dealer or something. Yeah. Which which is and, another weird twist, but okay. Yeah. So he goes and they capture, he kidnaps the badass while the geek and uh, Goody Two Shoes have gone and met up at the hooker's house and found information about a serial killer who has been killing women. So we do know that more women have died. Um, but they all come and they they go to find her. And they have to fight his his whole group of uh, of drug dealing dudes. His drug you dealing Jesus dudes, dudes, Jesus yep. dudes, Jesus. So at this point, we've seen both the junkie whose arm has somehow got reattached to the point of working well again, uh, carrying the dead hooker's puppy. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And the goody two shoes uh, hold their own against like five street thugs <laughs> running around. To distract the uh, the killer from torturing and almost killing the badass, so that the geek can go and fight him. At which point he tries to fuck her in the eye hole. Sometimes you have to. I I have a friend that I knew as a youth. You fucked her in the eye hole. Ex girlfriend who had a glass eye. Get out of here. 
and I, I, I don't know if it ever happened, but I know there was many a conversation had about, but have you fucked her in the eye hole? Mm. And I don't know that there was ever enough denial to, to say that it hadn't happened. But that's not my story. My story is this. We get to a very sort of typical grindhouse ending, which is we get the bad guy, gets his comeuppance from the two main leads, uh, where they beat the shit out of him and set him on fire. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen a lot of grindhouse stuff, but that's kind of my experience with them is that's that's how we have it is we have the exploitation of the female characters up until the point where they get empowered at the end to actually, I mean, they were empowered all the way through it, but <clears throat> they get an empowering ending by defeating the bad guy mm. and just getting the shit out of him or and killing him, which is great. Everybody loves that, that part. And then the four people have now grown, grown clo- close enough that Gronkowski on vacation. Again. Yeah. You know, you watch football. I don't know what the reference is. Rob Gronkowski plays for the New England Patriots, who are currently in the Super Bowl 51 festivities. Game. It's a game. They're playing a game. No? Yeah. No. But in the end, they, they decide they're going to go on vacation together. Oh, and they dump the hooker in the lake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just an, an hour's worth of trying to bury the hooker out the window. Chuck that bitch in the, in the lake. I, I do like the fact that when they finally get to the, the moment of we're taking her to the lake, they open up the trunk and the smell has just gotten so bad. Like the, the Everyone throws up. puked every time he's seen her throughout the movie has, has finally been able to hold it together. I think the geek is the one who felt like throwing up at that point. Yeah, yeah. And then they kiss. Because nothing's more of an attractant than puke breath on a hot chick. Ugh. And that is my story. <laughs> so it's actually a very sweet ending. All things together. Because they, they, their journey is kind of like Stand By Me. Yeah. 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 They try to get to the, the moment where they've they've taken care of the body. Yeah. Sorry. No, 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 that's fine. I just, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The the end of the movie really falls apart for me. Um, especially when it's... It, it, I get that. I get that movies in general need to have a twist, and horror movies are supposed to have some sort of crazy fucking twist, but to make the... the youth pastor your all you know your your final boss type of thing and the fact that he's really the drug dealer isn't i don't know the drug dealer thing was a little weird to me yeah him being the murderer seemed obvious to me from the front <laughs> fucking raw to say um yeah i mean it's not it's not like that because it seemed uh, cliche yeah yeah which which is fine and i get for it being your first movie you know whatever it's not a big deal um, but I don't know. I don't want to hate on it too much because it, it's their first movie. It's right out of, you know, film school and all that. And I would bang them both, but it, it's just, you know, I, like I said, I watched this and <clears throat> like you started out, I'm like, Oh God, you know, okay. I can already see the quality that this is, you know, how good is this actually going to be? But it continued to impress me as it went along. Yeah. It got better as long it was, as it went along original not because it was high production value not because there was great acting or anything it was just they kept making good decisions in in the sense of like oh that's kind of surprising oh that's yeah. really funny oh I, I i like that they amped things up as opposed to just playing it completely safe <clears throat> yeah like you guys did a review of a movie um one of the ones i wasn't there for where it was it was fully a ripoff of Friday the Thirteenth. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, bloody murder. Super drunk. <laughs> I still, I still remember the movie Brick. Kind of <laughs> barely. I watched um, it a bunch in high school. That's the only reason I remember. What you were doing the show? What's that? 
I don't think you remembered the movie that much while you're doing a show. Was you it's not a very good movie. Either. No, but it was it was just like by the numbers exactly what you expect the entire way through. Yes. Yeah. That is the way it sounded. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And this could have been that. It would still be a good example of how to make a movie. It would still be a good example of two young director, producer, actresses, writers making their first horror film for class. Yeah. But they didn't just play it safe. They went to weirder parts. They did some at least semi-original things. And I think that it was I think it was a success. And obviously it's worked for them because they've gone on to do other stuff. They did American Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did See No Evil 2. Mm-hmm. They're and doing Vendetta. a Cronenberg remake. They are? Yeah, and they and they do that elevator show. Yes. <clears throat> yes, they do. And they have righteous cans. Meaning the festival. <laughs> yes. Whatever whatever Corey says. <laughs> I'm talking about boobs. <laughs> yeah, the boob festival. Boob festival. <laughs> Yes, the Boob Festival. <laughs> Just go to a festival area. Like, look at the tits. Oh, man. I would go Must to a titty festival. 87 tits up there. Uh, yes. No, I, I think... I think it's a very good example of... Like, if you want to get into making horror movies, um, if you want to see what kind of what kind of level you should be at to get your start, I think this is kind of like maybe not the apex, but it's up there. It's it's a really good it's a good um, it's a good starting point. I don't want to say it's a good starting point. It's it's like a good baseline for a starting point. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, and I haven't seen any of the other stuff yet, other than the elevator show we watched. Um. But I was definitely interested in seeing American Mary after this. Uh, See No Evil, since it's the sequel, I'd, I'd have to sit through the first one. I don't know how I feel about watching another movie with WWE actors in it. I'll fucking <sighs> calm down. <laughs> I thought See No Evil 1 wasn't that bad. See No Evil 2, I might make you watch. I mean, that that's their movie. So Yeah, maybe. that's what I mean, I'm saying. They, yeah. they directed it. Yeah. I, it kind of just... Like, we planned on doing this last week, and uh, unfortunately, I was really sick during the time. But it, it just sort of landed that February is Women in Horror Month, and they're big uh, supporters of Women in Horror, obviously, uh, but they could just be like, well, we made it in, and now you bitches do what you gotta do. Uh, they, every year, are, are they run things to help support that. Uh, so I think it's awesome, and I'm glad that this managed to land in February for us to do the review of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that was, honestly, that was just by chance. I didn't do that on purpose. I'm not that smart. No, it was it was a complete mistake. We all know I'm not we're, smart. we're not smart enough to plan things out. Zero percent that smart. Uh, also, just randomly, <clears throat> what did you think about the cameo by God? Me. It was... It was sort of like a Tarantino-esque kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I see where you're going with this. In um, True Romance, Christian Slater's character is talking to Elvis mm-hmm. throughout the movie. And we know it's not really Elvis. Um, it was played by Val Kilmer, I think. At, around the same time, I was reading Preacher... And in Preacher, uh, Jesse Custer is talking to what we assume throughout the entire thing is John Wayne. Uh, and then by the end of the book, we find out that it's not actually John Wayne. But it's it's that same kind of feel to me. It's like, here's a character that we just... For some reason, we're going to have you have a conversation with God. And he's a taxi driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I get what you're saying. It's just... It's been done before. It's really nothing new, and I don't. It's really there, not needed. There, when you look at the credits, you see there's a credit for killer, there's a credit for hooker, 
There's a credit for God. There's a credit for Guardian Angel. A credit for Cowboy Pimp. Yes. It, it's just that's that's Grindhouse credits. Like again, it seems like they wrote this with the idea of this is the kind of movie we're making, and the, this is what you expect to see in that. Like mm-hmm. we watched Feast. Uh, the way they introduced the characters in Feast, m- most of them had names that were about who the character is or what the assumption of who the character was. Now Feast did a little bit more to break up your expectations of those of those characters but they led that by saying oh well here's this type of character so this is what you expect to happen in this type of character right and then right. they they pull the rug out from underneath you by by having something else happen instead but it is kind of like par for the course for this type of film but it's also an enjoyable trope it's something that exists because it works and it's again a detail that i like that they did yeah, I mean you have you you have a lot nicer things to say about this movie than I do. Well, you didn't shit all over it. No, no, it. and that's the thing. Like, I didn't hate it. I mean, I just once I kind of realized what I was in for, I stopped expecting more. And that's I don't right. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, you just kind of gotta you don't um you don't look at like a a, a college film school movie and expect it to be on the same level as a Spielberg movie. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. So it's Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The amount of movies that my wife has started watching, either renting back in the day from an actual rental place or watching stuff on Netflix and starting up and saying, Oh shit, this was obviously this was filmed on a video camera as opposed to an actual film camera. I can already tell this is a piece of shit and right. two minutes in stopping watching it. Right. It's easier now that she's not paying extra to rent those movies. But it was frustrating for a long time. It's like, well, we spent the five Wasting bucks. Money. You could at least fucking try. Yeah. Uh, but I could see someone turning this on and going, oh, look at this piece of shit and just like dropping off. And I'm glad that it was sort of an obligation to continue watching it. Mm-hmm. because it got to the point and it was probably about 15 minutes to 20 minutes in where I was like, Oh wait, there's something to this. This is actually kind of cool. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, I, I've said all I, I have to say about this film. Well then let's go ahead and score it. You forgot we have to do that part, didn't you? No, not at all. I just didn't really put any thought into the actual numbers. Um, yeah, if you're new, which you probably shouldn't be new at this point, uh, we're going to do it on a, th- on a three-tier scale of awesomeness, the FAP scale. Uh, we'll do it on the feature, the attention, the panic, and we'll explain them all. Don't worry about it. But first of all, we're going to do... I feel do like the- as much as you've talked about the Soska sisters, you could probably give an actual scale for fapping. <laughs> I could fap. Uh, after... I mean, 10. I would. I will definitely jerk off to these two. Um, for the First of all, we're going to do the feature, which is the story. How was the story? Was it original? Was it interesting? How was the acting? Um, I thought the story was pretty original, but the acting was horrendous. Um, split the difference. I'm going to go two and a half because the acting really brought it down. I didn't hate the acting, but I, I agree it's not stellar acting. Um, it's certainly at a level of what I expect from this kind of movie, uh, given even more leeway because that it was a student film, not just a independent film. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm going to lean a little bit higher because I thought that the story made interesting choices. So I'm going to say 3.5. <sighs> I guess for me to think about it. Um, let's see here. What do we got next? The attention. How is the movie? Would you buy it? Would you recommend it? best way to describe that little portion um man that's a hard one i i I would likely recommend it to someone who's looking for something along these lines like it it, it would have to be really specific do you get what i'm saying no i do because i'm not i'm not a grindhouse fan but as far as an example of grindhouse style movie I probably enjoyed it more than I enjoyed the Grindhouse movie from Quentin Tarantino. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give it a three before we get too far off, and, and I forget to give it a number. But um, 
I, I it is it was more enjoyable to me than than Tarantino's Grindhouse. Yeah, Death Proof didn't do a lot for me. Uh, while it had some amazing people in it and some very good acting, the 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 story just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had a lot of weird slow scenes uh, that I don't know. But it, whereas Rodriguez's portion of of the Grindhouse movie, which was Planet Terror, I thought was a lot more interesting. Uh, even though the acting seemed to drop and it got far more silly. Uh, I thought it was more fun. This leans more fun for me. And 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 so in that regard, as far as this type of film, I would say that rewatchability is actually pretty high. I'd give it a four. Fair enough. Um, the last one we got is Panic, also known as Scariness. I'm going with a zero. It's not, it's not a scary movie at all whatsoever. What do you think in regards to the effects that they had... For the budget that they had. I thought it was pretty good. That was impressive. I'll give you that. But in terms of like... Excuse me, like sheer scariness. It wasn't scary at all. But with, with the budget they had and the effects that they pulled off, it was it was pretty... It was actually pretty impressive. Yeah, and I'm sticking with a zero. It. I'm not changing my no, mind. You, you go ahead. Uh, I'm going to give it a two. And I think that they, they worked well with what they had to work with. Um... And uh, I, I, was, I was okay with it. All right. Well, why don't you go ahead and get us out of here then. And go. All right. You can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. You can email us at pot at gncast.com or leave us a voicemail on the website. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know what you thought about this movie, what other movies you'd recommend to us, uh, anything you want to share. Also, speaking of sharing, you can go to... Uh, Twitter and Instagram, and find us at Podcast of Terror. You can also subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your favorite podcatchers. And leave us feedback. We would appreciate a review. Those are great. We would like to read those on the air as well. All subscription options and links can be found at gncast.com slash subscribe. And you can join our Facebook group under Galactic Network. Matt, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt the Lifeguard. Corey, how about you? Uh, you can find the comics I help make at donutscomics.com. Terrific. That's. Hey, you guys listening to Podcast of Terror. If you like really great podcasts by two great dudes who are possibly homosexual gay for each other, uh, you should listen to my buddies, uh, Dan and Jack. They have a podcast called Worst Episode Ever. It's so fucking hilarious. It's about The Simpsons. I, Corey, what do you I, think of that one? I'm really. I thought you could. You were going to go that whole time without cursing, but you did. Right fuck there at the last second. Corey doesn't like it when I curse, so but uh, you I, know, fuck shit it's balls. Not, it's not ass. me. I. I I don't really mind the cursing. I'm just worried about the little children listening in the back seats of their cars. Corey just worries about little children all day long. That's all he does. But anyway, you should listen to Jack and Dad's podcast. Go to wepodcast.com. Next week, in the podcast of terror. Next week, we will have a we'll have a guest. We're bringing someone back. Bringing, bringing sexy back. Uh, Brett Stewart's coming back. We're going to be talking about a movie called He Never Died that I've never heard of. I don't know if Corey's ever heard of it, so... Nope, but it's got Henry Rollins in it, so fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I didn't even know that. All I knew was it was, uh, it was on Netflix. That's all I cared about. So we will be back next week with another guest. Um, this will be the well, this will be the VD version of Pot with Brett Stewart. Thanks again for listening. Sexier than Pot with Brett. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast here. We'll talk to you guys next week. Stay scary, everybody. Bye. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. <laughs>